Welcome everybody to today's episode of 302 Sports Talk. Today we are on the hype train of BYU and we're about to get started. We've got uh, Joe Wheat on, the BYU hype train conductor. Welcome, Joe. What's up, everybody? We've got Kevin Humphreys, who happens to be my brother. Welcome, Kevin. It's good to be here. And then Ty, how's it going, my friend? So I'm feeling really good after last night. I, I'm on cloud nine right, right now. I'm feeling re really good. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so thanks, guys, for joining us. Um, obviously, the topic of today is BYU and how BYU and their matchup, their highly anticipated matchup against Boise State, just totally dominated. And um, Joe... You're on the hype. You're the hype train conductor. Why should everybody get on the BYU hype train after last night? You know, here's like the biggest, uh, like the biggest knock anyone can make about BYU leading into to last night's game was their schedule. Um, like everyone that you, like pretty much all the doubters, they, you can't really point to anything BYU is doing on the field or like any glaring weaknesses to show that. Um, BYU doesn't deserve the hype that they're getting. Um, they're blowing everybody out. They look like absolutely amazing in all three phases of the game. Um, and so really all you could say was, well, they haven't played anybody, but I mean, look at like, but what BYU did to a ranked Boise state team on the blue turf where Boise state has lost, I think they're 122 and 122 and eight now over the last 20 years on the blue turf um like people just don't do that to Boise State people don't put up 51 on Boise State people don't hold Boise State to 17 at home um like this BYU team is really just built different um so I mean really if like if you're not on the hype train at this point you're probably a Utah fan <laughs> um like if you're looking around and wondering why every, like like that uh, character in Zoolander say like like I'm taking, I must be taking crazy pills. Like if you're thinking, like if you're thinking that about everyone being excited about BYU, you're the crazy one at this point. Like BYU is just so clearly good, clearly dominant uh, that really like, if you're not on the hype train, like why, like, really the question is with you, like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, ben. I, I'll just say that on that. I 100% agree like I think last week in our episode we talked about the Boise State game and we predicted like the score and everything and I think all of us thought it would be close except Ben I think Ben said I think he I thought, thought it was gonna be a, that we yeah. win by multiple scores so that was yeah. a nice call like by Ben wow. there. but I think yeah, like Joe was was was, was saying that it's just like we're, we're watching a, a, a a type of team that on that BYU hasn't had in a really really long time and it's just super fun fun to watch and if you're not enjoy, enjoying it then it's a you thing so <laughs> yeah. yeah I get oh sorry go ahead Kev. I mean maybe if you're a Cincinnati fan you're not quite all the way aboard the hype train either yeah true because <laughs> I mean that's our only competition 
left real well i mean there's still other teams but in terms of like kind of like dark horse teams that everyone in the country wants to see get in cincinnati's probably the only other team like that but i don't know you guys said that like you thought it was going to be close and honestly i had like a feeling that byu is going to byu it up yesterday and like every time we're undefeated going into a big game we just lose like TCU back in like late 20, like 2000s, blowouts every time. Utah State with Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill gets hurt and we get beat by like 20. So it was nice to see BYU get over that like hump or the monkey off the back in those type of games. Yeah, and one of the monkeys off the back, I think, was finally winning at Boise State. I remember as a kid um, watching us, I don't even what year it would have been but uh, when BYU played at Boise State and like lost by a field goal I think Boise State had a field goal um, at the end of the game and won and ever since then I've hit the blue turf I've always hated it when BYU played up there it was so it's always they're a good team um, it's always been really difficult to play there finally got the win there yeah I I've been I've been waiting for that win for a long time because I have um, I have a few relatives that are all big they're big Boise State fans, and they were ta- talking a lot of crap to me yesterday, and they haven't said a word to me today like nothing, I haven't received like a text or anything about it at all. So it was it's been really nice, to, like uh, one of my one of my friends from freshman year, uh, she's a huge Boise State fan, and so I was like kind of messaging her and. We we're kind of talking trash before the game and whatnot. And uh, afterwards, I didn't say anything to her. And she just mess- messaged me and she just goes, I am empty and dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, that just that just doesn't happen to Boise State. Like, it, like what BYU did last night cannot be overlooked. Like, yeah, they had a three, like, yeah, it was their third string quarterback. Um, I, I could like you can bring up the Baylor Romney thing a year ago where BYU won with the fourth string running back and quarterback. Um, like no matter what the quarterback situation was at Boise, that was one of the most impressive wins in BYU history, in my opinion. Yeah, and and it's funny like I I I've no, noticed a lot of the like on on tw- Twitter and everything, like noticing like the Boise State like like the re, like the fan. Like how the fans like were like and I started like to react to the to the loss and, and stuff, and they're t- taking it hard, and I guess like that's what happens when you don't really lose. You know, you take those home, home lot on those home losses really really hard, <laughs> and so I hope that we get to that point one day. That <laughs> I just I just think it's awesome that BYU was up what I think it was seventeen or sixteen to three going into the half, and we were just like angry. Like I, that was, <laughs> I, I think I mentioned that too, but it was like, that is the angriest I have ever been uh, at half of a BYU game where they're beating a ranked team by two scores. Like, <laughs> it's just, like you just have to sit back and think like, wow, like how far have we come that we are actually angry that we are only up 13 points at <laughs> halftime. Yeah. And I wanted to go, these are, uh, full game stats, but I wanted to kind of go through some of these to kind of show just how dominating a win that was for BYU. One of the things I find was interesting is BYU only held the ball for almost 27 minutes versus three, 33 minutes. 
but we outscored them 51 to 17. I feel like usually if you score 51 points, I guess I guess it kind of goes both ways. Sometimes if you score 51 points, you don't have the ball very long, which is kind of what I feel like BYU did, or you have the ball the whole game. Um, a few other things is first downs, BYU won 25 to 14. Total yards, BYU 573, Boise State 310. Um, rushing yards, BYU had 214 to just 61 rushing yards. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Absolute domination by BYU. Um, well, yeah, and but to like uh, to go along with that again, like um, the third string quarterback has nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. um, like BYU or Boise State, they they weren't really down, like except for that one defensive lineman. I don't think they were down a ton of players. No, on that it was side their, the all their starters. Um, and and it looked like, especially in the second half, uh, in the second half, BYU came out and it just looked like it, it was seven on seven. Like they're running just routes on air. Um, we we talked about it before we hit record, but that that one play where Zach is again just shuffling to the left points to Gunnar Romney playground style and says like run here and he just chucks it up and uh and and Gunnar Romney comes down with it but it just to be so much better than your opponent and especially when that opponent is Boise State a ranked Boise State team where you were just so much better than them where at a certain point in the fourth quarter you're just like kind of doing whatever the heck you want just because it's fun like it's uh BYU again, just so so dominant on, in all phases yesterday. It was so fun. Yeah. And in that in that second half, you had like I don't even know if I love like all of Zach's passes just as much as I loved what BYU was doing. Like just see a Boise stayed out of position because you had that. I think it was like fourth and two, and you had them like bring everyone in and go heavy set, and then you just had them all spread out real quick, and then like they just said, okay, Isaac Rex. Like Isaac Rex is our third or fourth best receiver. And they just were like, okay, we're going to use Isaac Rex here. We're going to pick on you here. And it was just like, like it was, it just wasn't even fair. Like BYU's third best pass catcher. Like they ran a play for him on fourth down. He got wide open. And then he just like posted up someone in the end zone and caught a touchdown pass. Like it was just, it wasn't even like, it wasn't just Zach being Zach. It was just the offensive play calling just like totally destroyed like Boise State. And they just have so many weapons, kind of like what you said. It's just insane. One of the other stats I wanted to bring up was Billy's offense is scoring an incredible 3.9 points per drive. This is from ESPN Stats and Info. That is the fourth best by any team through seven games over the last five seasons behind a pair of Oklahoma teams led by Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts and last year's Alabama team led by Tua Tungavailoa. Just that's the insane. That, something that I just think is so, so impressive is that, you know, like I think it was a, I heard an interview with Zach and he said that like, that, like that, that the, that the offenses, like their mi mindset is that whenever like they go out, like they expect like to score, which I don't think they've had that in in the past. I don't think on every offense that we've had, they expect to go out and score, and that's something that I that I that I've learned. And that's something that like we come to expect as the fans. It's like when we don't score on a certain drive, like the like in those two drives that we had, 
that were deep in Boise State uh, and, and uh, they were pretty close like to on the Boise State side of, of, of things and they um, and they didn't score I mean their time it was just kind of kind of weird like I was like okay why didn't we score but like they said like that like that says a lot about the staff is that they're willing to make on those uh, those adjustments going into the set into the second half and they uh, it was it was amazing what they were able to do it was I'm, I'm still in, in awe so <laughs> yeah if we can talk about that for a second give the staff all the credit in the world um I, I it's been kind of frustrating watch be watching BYU over the last couple of years is because it was a team that it felt like they just never made adjustments you know mm-hmm. um and maybe like I'm a, I'm a lay fan I don't I don't know the game a ton as as far as like breaking down film and whatnot I just remember like watching games like Washington last year um, where you're just coming off the USC win where you dropped eight um, and uh, you dropped eight a bunch against Keaton Slovis and he ended up throwing like three or four picks. Um, And it turned out to be this, you know, this awesome defensive performance that BYU had. And it just felt like they just said, all right, we're going to run it back against Washington. Like it, it just felt like there were no adjustments made for the Washington scheme. Um, and when it wasn't working in the first half, they, they, they just kept beating that drum. Um, and then as the year went on against Toledo and South Florida and all these things, it just felt like they kept going back to beating that drum with no adjustments made whatsoever. And, um, like they say that like, uh, good, it's, it's a baseball analogy, but like good hitters will make one big adjustment a season. Um, and they'll like, they'll just make one big adjustment in the off season. Good hitters will make adjustments game by game and great hitters will make adjustments pitch by pitch and I think that's what the coaching staff is doing now this year where they're not just making you know one big adjustment a year they're not making um, just adjustments in between games they're making adjustments real time um, they're they're switching up their play like you can see it in games like Houston and like Boise State where they come out of the half just firing I think Zach according to pro football focus is the most of, like, is the highest rated passer in the third quarter of any quarterback in the country. Um, and, and that just goes to, like, as credit to Zach, of course, but a lot of that credit goes to Jeff Grimes um, on the defensive side of Lassie Tuyaki for um, just scheming up in the second half, something that just, like, just adjusting in ways that I don't think we've seen from BYU in a long time. And I think like we're seeing the adjustments this year and I think Honest, like a lot of like why we've been so simplistic in the past is I just don't think like the coaches were like super comfortable with like all the personnel we had. But this year, like we have like five guys that are like 220 and have like 4-4 speed. And so they're good in coverage, but they can also stop the run. Like Peyton Wilgar's a behemoth of a man. And he's like, 250 but he's still like flying out there as our middle linebacker and so I just think that and having like Wilcox and and Warner back and Zane back has also helped us a lot in terms of like just I mean those guys are all seniors and so just having those guys out there to like anchor the defense helps you have that like ability to adjust on the fly which I don't think BYU's really had on had in the past on defense Definitely agreed. Um, so let's switch topics a little bit to what do you think with all the hype that BYU is getting right now? They're blowing out teams like crazy. 
What do you think are the chances they get into a near six bowl or a college football playoff game? I'd say for New Year's Six, basically a lock. I mean, like that's I know that's like a lot of people that's been broken down at length that yes, we're like we're not large or not they don't get the G five auto bid or whatever. And so that's um but I but I but I feel like at this point, like we like we have the ESPN pub and we have um, all this hype going where all these national um analysts are all are all on the hype train. And so I feel like a New Year Six is going to happen as long as we don't lose, we're we're in. And if you asked me like before yesterday if like the playoff was was a realistic thing, I would have said no. But I don't know. I'm starting to think it might be. What What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I uh, yeah I was gonna write it. I want to write a story about it this week. But like I was watching College Game Day today, and Kirk Herb Street and. Uh, David Pollock, um, like Kirk Kerbstreet is BYU's biggest fan right now. And I just love it. Um, but he was saying like, yeah, I put BYU in the playoff. Uh, they asked him earlier this week, would you take an undefeated Cincinnati, undefeated Oregon or undefeated BYU in the playoff? And he said undefeated BYU. Um, today, David Pollock on, on game day said, like, I would take BYU over an undefeated Pac-12 team because just of how dominant they have been. I think that one, like, obviously the playoffs are a little bit of a long shot. Um, I, yes, I think we have, like, I think we have the fourth or fifth highest odds, though, according to the ESPN FBI. I think it's, like, 25% chance, which is just bonkers. Um, but uh, I think, like, BYU is always going to need, need a lot of help, but I think they're going to get it. I think Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama will lose all their games. Uh, or sorry, win win out. Sorry, they'll win. They'll win out. My fault. Um, I think they'll. I think they'll. They'll go undefeated. They'll continue to dominate. We'll see what happens with Clemson and that against Notre Dame. Um, but pretty much every team ahead of BYU, like you have Florida and Georgia playing right now, both have one loss. So one of those teams is getting. The both teams are ranked ahead of BYU right now, and so one of those is is going to get knocked out of the playoff hunt. You have. Uh, if, if Notre Dame loses tonight, they'll probably lose again in the ACC title game. So they're gone too. Um, we'll see what happens with Cincinnati. I, uh, but Cincinnati has uh, UCF still on the schedule. And I think that's the only offense that I, I think UCF is the best offense in the country. So we'll see if, if uh, Cincinnati can keep up in scoring, but pretty much every team in front of BYU is going to lose another game at some point. You're going to have a lot of two loss power five teams. And I don't see the, after watching USC today, I don't think the PAC 12 is going to get a team in. I just don't think they've looked that impressive uh, based off what I've seen today, but like, I'm not saying BYU is going to get in because their schedule really is, is weak. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the body of work of the other teams, who's performed better. It, like honestly like who's Notre Dame's signature win so far Louisville like yeah. <laughs> um like these teams just because just they're, just because they're playing G like uh, P5 teams doesn't mean they're playing good teams um no BYU schedule isn't great but neither is Clemson's to be honest uh neither is Notre Dame's um a lot of these schools uh, haven't like in the Big Ten like they're all kind of eating each other alive too so I think BYU has a real shot at getting in if things fall the right way. 
as far as New Year's Six go, I think that there's no way you can keep BYU out. Um, you have a, a potential Heisman finalist. You have everyone all year just chomping at the bit, just wanting to see BYU play a big-time team. If you're the college football playoff committee and you leave BYU out of New Year's Six, just shut down the system. Like, just admit that just admit that uh, non-Power 5 teams will just never get a seat at the table and, and really just break away from the NCAA at that point. Um, and just give up the mirage that this is a, a fair fight for all parties. Because um, if this BYU team doesn't make a New Year Six, if they go undefeated, um, I'm not sure what exactly you what what exactly you expect. Yeah, I definitely agree. And college football playoff, it's probably like I don't know, 20% at this point. If I I don't know, maybe it's less. But you just have to have all three teams. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State went out, like Joe said. And then, I don't know, there's a couple teams. So Cincinnati has to probably get knocked off maybe once. I don't know who wins that head-to-head. I think it – like, the media likes uh, BYU, but that's because they have Zach Wilson at quarterback, but maybe the committee likes Cincinnati on defense better. I have no idea how that would play out at the end of the season. But like if, Flor- like if Florida and Georgia both have two losses at the end of the season, no one from the Big 12 is going. I can't imagine another team in the Big 10 behind, besides Ohio State getting there. Like Wisconsin, I've seen Wisconsin. And if Wisconsin doesn't play Michigan on Saturday, they're going to play five, four or five games at most. And they're not going to play anyone, and they're going to get boat raced by Ohio State. And they won't even play in the championship game because they just won't have enough. Like if Indiana is sitting there at five and two, and Wisconsin's like four and zero, oh, do you take Indiana in the championship game, or do you take Wisconsin? Like, I just don't think Wisconsin has enough games to get into the mix at this point. I think the Big Ten actually has division limits. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think they have like a five game division limit. And they're only playing seven games as it is. So I think if yeah. uh, Wisconsin misses one more game, which it's looking like they might because of that three-week rule. And mm-hmm. within the last week, they had 26 active cases on the team. So yeah. it's just heartbreaking. And, and, you know, you hope everyone's okay. But as, like, as far as the football goes, I don't know how you could justif- justify putting even a 4-0 and Wisconsin team. Exactly. I don't, I don't think they'd be eligible as it is for the title game. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously you take Indiana. I, we haven't talked about Indiana. Indiana might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, even if Indiana has one loss, like, are you really going to take Indiana over BYU? No. Exactly. There's no way. And yeah, so. And it, oh, so go ahead. No, you go. Um, no, but again, on College Game Day today, um, they one of the they they asked the panelists like is outside of Clemson, Alabama and Ohio state, is there any team that you would pick just decisively to say that they would beat BYU? And all of them were like, no, like all of them in agreement unilaterally were just like, yeah, no, BYU is legitimately looked like one of the five best teams in the country based off the eye test alone, which is just wild. We've come so far. (laughs) I mean, well, I was saying this on Twitter last night, BYU is two and four heading into Boise State last year. Kalani was on the hot seat. Who knows? Like, we 
we honestly, some of us, including me, were definitely Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall guys. I was like so done with Zach Wilson at the end of last season. And I was like, I get he's talented, but I'm just like, you just can't make as many dumb plays. And then like, it just all came together so perfectly this year. It's just incredible. Yeah. Crazy to think too, that we're doing all this without, without Matt, uh, Matt Bushman. Like imagine what this offense would look like with him. It's like, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Isaac Rex. Can we just talk about him for a second? He he is amazing. Like again, Matt Bushman is, might be one of the best tight ends to ever come through BYU. Isaac Rex is a freshman. And he his, he's already put up more – I think he has more touchdowns already than Bushman had last year. Yeah, um, yeah it's true. He is producing at a clip that like, – I don't know if Matt Bushman would have done better than, than what Isaac Rex has done. I think Matt Bushman is an absolutely an NFL guy, and I'm stoked to see him. But, man, Isaac Rex has been a monster. And not just in the, not just in the pass game, he's been very effective in the run game. His blocking, I think, is probably a little bit better than Bushman. Um, I don't think he's dropped the pass all year. Uh, you like you see him just like post up in the like post up on that hitch route in the end zone. That's just or in the, and against uh, Western Kentucky when they threw that fade in the end zone. Oh, that's it just was the, beautiful. That that's the kind of route that you run when you just say my guy is better than your guy. I am literally going to put my guy right in front of you. He's going to catch it, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like that's just what Isaac Rex has done. Uh-huh. And uh Kyle Pitts, who's definitely gonna be like a top 10, top 15 guy in the draft. Oh yeah, for sure. He set he set Florida's single season uh like touchdown at eight touchdowns today for a tight end. Like that's the most the tight ends ever caught at Florida. And I think Isaac Rex has six touchdowns this season. Oh, and he's he's so, gonna have more. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely gonna have more. So he's gonna be at 10 touchdowns and a guy that and a guy at Florida has never caught more than eight touchdown passes as a tight end ever in the history of the program. So, I mean, that's just, that's just bonkers to me. Yeah. And that's, it's again, it's just kind of been the story of the BYU season so far where it really just has been next man up. Um, Matt Bushman goes down and you have Isaac Rex coming in and, and filling that role really without a, without a hitch, no pun intended. Uh, you have um, Chaz Ayu going out and George Udo. Uh, I oh, hope he's, he's okay. He got hurt so yesterday. Good. But he is so athletic and he's filled that Cinco linebacker role so well um, to the point where, like, you miss Chaz, but, like, honestly, I don't think the drop off in production has been that much. Um, then you have, then when he went out yesterday, his backup, uh, I can't remember his name, I think it was Peterson, he came up with a pick. Like, um, the story of BYU so far has really just been next man up. Like Gunnar Romney goes down, Dax Milne, like Gunnar Romney looks like he's an all world wide receiver. He goes down and then Dax Milne comes in looking like he's the best receiver who ever lived. Uh, then you start double covering Isaac, like him. And then Isaac Rex becomes the second coming of Dennis Pitta. Um, it's like Tyler, like Tyler Algier. Uh, Harvey 2.0. Yeah, Harvey Tyler, speed. Oh my gosh, he is so fast. He's a faster Harvey Unga. It's just so much fun watching Tyler Algier run the football. His vision's unreal, but that's a discussion for another time. 
I I was happy to see Neil Pau kind of get some good looks and oh some- that that was probably they were going to him a lot in like the first quarter second quarter yeah I, th- I think they had to um I kind of wrote it up in my my SI preview but um with this offense you really just kind of have to pick your poison um like and I think they just like covered all the other options and so Neil Pau is like the probably the fourth receiving option on this team um but so they had they had to go to him because Boise was trying to take away everything else. But he stepped up in a big way, um, especially on those first. He was like the only bright spot really in the first half. Mm-hmm. And he's really talented. He's just had like probably a few drops that if he makes those catches, I mean, we're talking about him in the same ilk as a as a Isaac Rex and a Gunnar Romney and a right and a Dax he's- Milne. He just hasn't come up with as many catches as those guys have had. I just wish he'd catch the ball off his body. That's like, I'm super nitpicky because I played wide receiver, but he's dropped, like the reason he's dropped a couple is because he lets the ball get into his pads. Like watch Mm -hmm. pretty much every, every catch he had last night, he made the catch on his body. It doesn't matter if it's above his waist or below. Um, And that's, it's a recipe for drops, but I, he's definitely shown flashes like that catch he made against UTSA was the play of the game. Uh, that is that. It, and it might be the best catch of the season. Yeah, um, that was amazing. Fourth down too. So clutch. yeah, so he's, he's still wild talented. We've talked a lot about BYU and their offense, specifically Zach Wilson and just how good he's been. Do you guys do you guys think he'll get the Heisman? Who else is competing with him for the Heisman? And what do you guys think about his draft um, kind of odds of – I've seen a lot of uh, mock drafts that have him pretty high up, at least one of the top, like, two, three quarterbacks off the board. I, I – in regards to his, his, uh, his, he, his Heisman odds, I would love it for Zach to win. I think he's been one of the top guys. One of the top. Out, out there and he's he's shown shown that and people love him and they, they love to watch him but I think it's going to be hard to compete with someone like Lawrence um uh, with I mean he's just he's he's been there and he's done it for th- three years now right three years and so I just think that that the um that they've just been waiting to give it to him because like I feel like he's been overshadowed by whether it's Burrow or some, someone else um I think that as much as I would love for Zach to get it, I think that he deserves it, but I think it's going to be hard to beat out Lawrence unless he's just out for the rest of the year. But Yeah, he's missed a couple games. Well, he'll miss game number two today, tonight. Another person I've thought about is Justin Fields from Ohio State, who we haven't really seen a lot of, but, I mean, their, their offense looks pretty ridiculous too. Yeah, Justin Fields is kind of a freak. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, I think for Zach to win the Heisman, so much of it has to do with like what you do in the last month of the season, and this was like his Heisman moment. But it was in the beginning of November, and so I just don't know if he has enough, like moments left in the season to like make the push that he needs if that makes sense yeah so 
I mean, I hope he gets the invite to New York and I'm sure he will. He has to at this point, but I mean, if a, I don't know if a Kyle Trask comes on strong at the end of the season, or I think Mac Jones, like, or you just give it to Trevor Lawrence as like a career achievement. Cause that's honestly what the Heisman's become at this point. Like Baker got it because he had like three seasons where he was really good, but none of them were like Heisman type seasons in my opinion. And so I don't know. I think, but in terms of him going in the draft, I think there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. So he's going to go pretty high. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Heisman goes, absolutely. Give it to Zach. He deserves it. hundred percent. All aboard the hype train. Choo choo. No, um, I, I, you know, like realistically, um, I, I, I don't think Zach's going to win it. I don't. Um, I think you have guys like, and it's, it's not really Zach's fault. It's not for anything that he's done. Um, but like you have guys like Kyle Trask who right now is in the midst of probably putting up, he's probably the best team in the country. He's putting up like 400 plus yards on the best team in the country right now. Like that dude is a stud. Um, you have Justin Fields who uh, was a freak last year. We haven't seen a lot of them this year, but I, it's, it's hard not to put him in that discussion um, for sure. And then you have Trevor Lawrence who, Really, he's again he based based solely off his production this year. He's been amazing, um, but he's also missed some games. So you like that's it's it's kind of hard to like we'll see how that affects him. But um, I think right now, if the season were end today, Zach would finish third. Um, the Athletic did a, a straw poll um, among voters, and uh, I think Zach among those finished third among. Uh, among all contenders, which is just, it's amazing. Like we, like the, the bar for Zach shouldn't be win the Heisman trophy or it's not a good year for Zach. Like if he, if he makes the top 10 in voting, it will be one of the greatest achievements by a, a, a player in BYU history. If he makes the top five, that puts him in the discussion, in my opinion, for maybe top six BYU quarterbacks ever. Like there's, there's, not like BYU has a lot of amazing, like has had a lot of legendary quarterbacks, but not that many have finished top five in the Heisman voting. Um, I, I'd have to look up the stats for that, but uh, like no matter what happens with, with Zach in the Heisman race, I, uh, this has been one of the best seasons ever put up by a BYU quarterback. Now where Zach has the advantage over these other quarterbacks is games played um, and efficiency. He's definitely the most efficient passer in all of college football uh, leads the nation in completion percentage and uh, yards per attempt. Like he is just, like he's just dominating. So, and he, and he passes the eye test. He's just so much darn fun to watch, uh, which definitely factors into the voting. And in, at, at Houston, if you just go watch the tape, that's his Heisman moment right there. That throw that he made to Dax in the back of the end zone in the clutch. Like there's really only four other quarterbacks probably in the country that can make that throw um in in that situation but so I think he'll probably finish in the top three or four if things were to end today and that is that should be celebrated um as far as the draft goes uh pro football focus had him going third to the Jacksonville Jaguars which I don't know if if he'll go that high but he's a first round pick um I I like quarter like people reach on a quarterback they'll over select so I think he's going to go to the 49ers uh, in the top 10. 
like or depending on where the 49ers land we'll see if he gets that far but that's if I had to pick where he'd land he'd end up in like middle of the first round with with the Niners because uh, Kyle Shanahan with Zach Wilson just makes me drool um, but I digress <laughs> As a Zach Wilson fan, I'd love that for him. As a Cardinals fan, I'd hate to cheer against Zach Wilson two times. <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was kind of thinking a place like Atlanta, I think, would be fun. I think they're going to lose their head coach. I think they've got a – No, he got fired. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so, I mean, good. whoever ends up being the head coach there, an offensive coordinator, but – I feel like Atlanta has so many weapons. Julio Jones and uh, Calvin Ridley. I just think it would be oh, fun true. to play with those guys. That's personally where I would like to see him. Plus, then he's also out of the NFC West. So <laughs> helps my Cardinals a little bit, too. You guys are going to hate me for say- saying this, but I want Zach to team up with Bill Bel- Belichick. And- no, no and don't do that. Team. <laughs> no, no one wants that. Fun to play for the Patriots, Miller, if you're listening to this, you're gonna kill me. But uh, no, <laughs> I don't want to see it. The Patriots have no weapons whatsoever, uh, and it's just no fun league. Is all New England? No, I'm just, I don't, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to pile on you. I don't know. I just, Jets or I'm Patriots? Scared. I can't decide which one's worse. Oh gosh! <laughs> no, definitely the Jets. Hundred percent the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets are just abysmal. Oh, well, thanks everybody. Um, thanks again to Joe Wheat and Kevin Humphreys for joining us as guests today. Um, check them out on Twitter. Great discussion, you guys. Um, hopefully, everyone that's listening gets on the hype train if they're not already. Um, go Cougars! I hope they finish out the season really well. And uh, thanks, everybody, for joining today's 302 Sports Talk episode. We'll see you next time.